Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is season three, episode 36, and I've already screwed up. My name is Britt. <laughs> I'm Craig. Listen, folks, <laughs> go easy on me. I haven't been outside in a week. The sun came through the window this morning, and I, I snarled at it like a 1920s movie vampire. <laughs> That's not true. I, oh, I, yeah. I've at least gone outside. I'll tell you this, Craig. Yeah. With all the, all the stay-at-home stuff, mm-hmm. never have I been more eager to do things like take out the trash <laughs> or yeah. you know you know move the car if I'm in a bad spot. I, I'll, yep. It's been good. But you know what's nice about this is with Craig and I both on work restrictions – we're stuck at home. Craig is in the Blake Bortles Memorial Studio. I'm in the Frank Gore Memorial Extension Studios, and it gives us some time to talk to you folks. And as if the universe said, shut up and deal with it, we had four pages of notes earlier this week. We did. We did. I've got two more today. It's been a busy free agency, man. Busy. Talk about I, – I titled the last episode, 2020 Starts with a Bang, and that's absolutely what it was. Because it has just been so much stuff going on. So we're just going to jump right in. We're not going to do – well, that's not true. We're going to start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking? Uh, right now, I poured myself a glass of Boddington's uh, Pub Ale. You've gone very English. Well, I very have, European. Yes. You did the uh, – where did you get Boddington's? Did you go to the liquor store this week? Uh, yeah, I bought it uh, like a week ago, two weeks ago, before this all like really started. I'm not a fan of the English ales, like old Chubb Scottish ale and things like that. Just mm-hmm. not a fan. It's not yeah. me. You like this that? Is, um, it's light and it's it's a little creamy, so it's it's a good uh, light afternoon beer. I have a too juicy by our friends at Two Roads. So hold on, I'm gonna. Ah, oh, there Gosh. we go. On that. Um, if you are, if you're, and this is a quick side note on this stuff. All the stuff that's going on with the coronavirus and a lot of folks are being asked to stay off the streets or to not uh, you know, practice social distancing, which we completely agree with. Um, the breweries are still trying to stay alive and in business. So a lot of them, and Two Roads is one of these, is doing curbside pickup. So I went online on Thursday night after work and I said, I need this, 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 and this. And they said, just tell us what time you're going to be here. I did. I called them from their parking lot, and one of their bartenders ran down my order, put it in my back seat, said I'd shake your hand, but we're not supposed to, waved at me, and went back inside. He was never closer than three never closer than three to six feet, never that close. And I got to support my local brewery in a time where their sales are clearly going to drop. You know, so keep that in mind. If you're if you're a beer lover, if you're a craft beer lover, if one of the reasons you listen to us is because you like to hear about craft beer or you like hearing what we're drinking, look at your local breweries. Most of them are doing curbside pickup. The one closest to you, Craig, Aspatuck, that one's doing pickup, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, you just have to call or text ahead of time, and yeah, mm-hmm. same thing. We'll come out and give it to you. I'll tell you, it's, if that's and the only last thing night can... I picked up pizza and beer from Brewport. So they had a doing special, the same thing. right? Yeah, I did the special. So we got a large cheese pizza and a six pack. What, what kind of beer did you get? The Blood Orange. Oh, that's their best beer. That is their best beer. I don't like blonde ales in general, and I do like I do like orangey stuff. Like I like the occasional Blue Moon or Shock Top, but I'll pass up all of those for a Blood Orange Blonde from Brewport. Yeah, that I've is been good. Very, I've been very critical of their beer in general, but man, did they nail that one! Oh. All right, let's jump right in. All and right. Let's 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 um, 
let's uh, address the elephant in the room right away. Yeah. The biggest news of the weekend that absolutely broke. Uh, this changes everything, folks, and that is uh, Gronkowski appeared on SmackDown. <laughs> so Gronk appeared on on SmackDown in front of an empty arena um, to announce that he is going to be the host for WrestleMania, which will also be taking place so in an weird. empty building. It's going to be this? weird. Did you see they stretch it to two days? No, I didn't see that. They're going to broadcast it over two days from like one of their practice facilities. That's going to be so, so weird. Chunks of it may be pre-recorded, but they're going to do WrestleMania without an audience, and it it may or may not be live. But they're they're apparently going to like triple the card. Like everybody, if you're if you're being paid by the WWE, you're probably in a match at WrestleMania. The guy who cleans the toilets is probably fighting. Mike, the janitor Smith, or whatever you want to call him, the janitor will be cleaning up the ring because they're they're all everybody's participating. Hmm. So that's that's the big news. Now, there is more news. I, I guess we could talk about this next. You know, Tom Brady signed in Tampa Bay. Um, did. Yeah, two years, 50 million dollars. All of it is guaranteed on top of the 50 million. There's another nine million in potential incentives. There is a no tag, no trade clause in the contract, which I don't know is legal in football. I know no trade clauses are legal in baseball, but it had to be written to their collective bargaining agreement. I don't know that you can do that in football, but they did. I guess you can. <laughs> so let's talk about this. There's, there's two sides to this coin. Number one, how does this change the NFC South for you? Does does this does this make the bugs the Bucks instant contenders? Not instant, but the NFC South would be more interesting now. I mean, when when Jameis uh, was good, he was good, but he did have. Clearly, an interception problem, a consistency problem. I kind of feel bad that the Bucks, you know, made him fix his eyes to watch them sign time Tom Brady. So, you know, that was a little rude. Yeah. So we'll see where he winds up. So here's the reality in the reshaped NFC South, and we're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons because they're making moves to try. They're they're clearly, in my opinion, in a win now or else mode. And we're going to talk about them because they've had some significant acquisitions too. New Orleans, actually, if you think about it, this division's done a lot of work already. Atlanta is working. Carolina is is signed uh, Teddy Bridgewater. We talked about that last week, and is trying to move their star player, presumably for either draft capital or better players now. New Orleans is keeping what it has that led to a fantastic year and building upon it. And Tampa Bay just brought in the best quarterback of the last 15 years, the winningest quarterback of the last 15 years. I don't want to say best, but most winningest. This is clearly the Bucks think they can contend. The NFC South might be the hottest contested division in terms of teams trying to elevate their level that we've seen in a long time. I'm looking at the the different breakdowns right now in the AFC East. And this is where I'm going next with it. New England now for the first time in probably 20 years is not the front runner in a division anymore. I don't think New England's going to win that division. The Jets, Dolphins and Bills all have to be sitting there saying this is the chance for one of us to shift that momentum. Yeah, you know, definitely. The Bills I, clearly feel I that think way. it's probably going to be the Bills out of those three. I mean, they're the most likely candidates. Just had a great year. They've uh, they've added wide receiving help. They've arguably have the best receiving core in the league now. 
Miami has added a ton of free agents. Somebody posted, uh, somebody wrote an article this week entitled, uh, the Dolphins are clearly not interested in losing anymore. True. And the Jets, I don't know. I don't know. They need to, they, the Jets as a team, they need to stay healthy for more than three weeks out of the season. They need to stay healthy and they need to mature without getting old. And that's a hard thing to do. And they need to do something with Robbie Anderson. So like trade him or so some, let's, whatever. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the rest of the NFC South. So the other side of this Tampa, this Tom Brady, the Tampa situation is that if Tom Brady's going there, what are they doing with Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston last year, as you mentioned, the inconsistency became the first player in NFL history to have at least 30 touchdowns and at least 30 picks. He had led the he had 33 touchdowns and had led the league with 30 picks. He's going somewhere. He's going somewhere. Where I don't know. Can he go to San Diego? I mean, I'm sorry, L.A. The Chargers still don't have a quarterback. The Chargers don't because I'm pretty sure the Chargers thought that they were going to get Tom Brady. Um, they so thought yeah, they were in a conversation at the very least. They were apparently. I I've seen this a couple of places. The Bucks and the Chargers were the only two teams in the NFL to actually give Brady uh, real offers. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean that's And then when I made my prediction for the Chargers, yeah. I didn't take into account that Florida, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, Florida doesn't have state income, income tax. tax. <laughs> yep. So they're paying you 30 million a year. There's no income tax on that. So yeah. Yep. So we'll see where Jameis goes. I think I think the Chargers are a real possibility. We're going to talk about Melvin Gordon in a few minutes cuz he moved as well. There is a huge shift of star talent. They walked away from Phillip Rivers. They, their Melvin Gordon decided to part ways. There's a huge shift, and I think a lot of it has to do with the coaching. I don't think a lot of these star guys have any faith in the front office or in Anthony Lynn, but we'll get to that. So, all right, so I'm jumping around my list. We talked about Tom Brady. We talked about Jameis. Jameis will land somewhere, and we will. He his ranking. Maybe the, maybe the Patriots. Maybe, maybe the Patriots. Jameis Winston's ranking will shift dramatically based on where he goes. Let me tell you right now, Jameis Winston is he is a top 10 QB potentially. He's potentially a QB one if he goes to the Chargers. He is not a QB one on the Patriots. He's not. No, he, he, he's a QB one. I'm looking at else who else needs a quarterback. He's a QB one if somehow he goes to Jacksonville because Foles is gone there. So we got to presume that Minshew is going to be the starter. But if for some reason he ended up there, he's potentially he's not a QB one there. Would he be a QB one on the Bengals? Nah. Maybe. Maybe. Mid tier. And this is why, folks, Craig and I always say it. There is such a thing as too early to do rankings. Yes, and this is it. <laughs> Look at the quarterback moves already just in the quarterbacks. The AFC East has lost Tom Brady. Uh, I'm trying to I'm looking over. The other place, Cincinnati is going to have a new starting quarterback. The AFC South, the Colts are going to have Phillip Rivers, new quarterback. The West, the Chargers are going to have a new quarterback. The NFC East, does anybody really care about the NFC East? Dak well, may not be back in Dallas. I mean, the Redskins are just a mess. So Yeah, the NFC East kind of is just like the dumpster fire of divisions at this point. The NFC North, uh, the Bears, didn't they just sign somebody or trade for somebody? Why am I drawing a blank? The Bears, I don't know what the Bears are doing. They did. They got somebody. <clears throat> they we did. talked about it last week. And we made fun of Sean for it, too. 
Yeah, we did. I, I don't remember who it was. I'm looking at my notes. I'm looking <laughs> at my notes. Where is it? Jason Witten, Drew Brees. Fred has a lot of notes. There's a lot of crap going on. <laughs> Chase Daniel is in Detroit because he's Stafford insurance. He's not going to start there. As uh, uh, Kyle Allen, words, <laughs> words. All right, I don't know. I don't know who the quarterback in Chicago is. NFC South, we just talked about that entire division's in flux. The NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals basically Oh, they slapped... signed Chase Daniel. Oh, that's it. Okay, there it is. It's a it's backup technically. Um the Cardinals basically pushed everybody out of the Rams and said the Rams were good two years ago, get the F out of my way. San Francisco, you were in the Super Bowl, get the F out of my way. We're gonna sign people now. This is gonna be a crazy twenty twenty. Crazy. Crazy. So let's move on to let's talk about the AFC West for a second. Melvin Gordon has signed a two-year, $16 million deal with the Denver Broncos. (laughs) Why is that significant? Well, the problem is the Denver Broncos already had a timeshare in the backfield between Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Right. So let's start there. The, the, The general feeling around the Broncos is that Royce Freeman is essentially done, and they're going to lean on a combination of Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. In the opinion of most experts, Melvin Gordon is Freeman plus two. So they're going to uh, as long as he stays him. healthy. That's the key. That's the problem. So do they run three deep? Do you keep? Can you keep Royce Freeman? Can you if just can, devote him to third string? If they can afford it, I would keep him, only because I don't know the health of Melvin Gordon. I don't think Melvin Gordon knows the health of Melvin Gordon. But here's the other thing, Ian Rappaport who is right about half the time. So take that for what you will, folks, has reported that Melvin Gordon had better offers than two years, 16 million with 13 and a half of it guaranteed. He had better offers on the table, but wanted to play in a division where he was guaranteed to face the Chargers. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like um, the Chargers are having some internal issues like the lions you know what this reminds me of and and, and this, this back then you didn't say these kinds of things this reminds me when marcus allen signed with the chiefs <laughs> remember that <laughs> near the very end of his career and the chiefs made the afc championship with marcus allen as their starting running back one year got trounced by the bills but that's beside the point there seems to be this feeling in the afc west like everything else doesn't exist like, the Chiefs come in, they get their schedule. Okay, we got the Broncos week one, uh, Texans, uh, Dolphins, Lions. Okay, then we got the Raiders. It's like the only games that matter are divisional games in that division. It is a very competitive division. And they've been together forever. That forever. is true. Seattle is the only one. Seattle was back in the old AFC West, back before the four, when they had the three division set up. Don't oh, forget, yeah, Seattle forgot was about a that. part of that. Seattle was an AFC team. And then that was changed when they went to the um, the four division format, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 weird. So <sighs> Melvin Gordon, right now with what we know now, is he an RB one in Denver? Yes. Even though Philip Lindsay will still be there and taking, I think up- so because there's still something about Denver running backs. Yeah. To me, especially, it's it has to do with their location. Really, because once he gets used to being in Denver 
and he plays a home game against yeah. people who are not used to being that high up, mm-hmm. that generally helps offenses way more than it does defenses. And and having played a couple years for the Chargers now, he's he played there. He knows what it's like. Now he's going to acclimate to it on a more regular basis, and that's going to make a big difference, I think. I think you've got a point there. I do. I do. So I'm going to say Melvin Gordon, and he's got and he's got an axe to grind. He's got an axe to grind. So here's Melvin Gordon standing on the Denver Broncos sideline. There's the Kansas City Chiefs. They just won the Super Bowl because their front office knows what the hell it's doing, and I don't feel like the Chargers do. There's the Las Vegas Raiders. Everybody's raving. They were going to put the draft in Vegas this year before the coronavirus stuff hit. They're, everybody's buzzing about the Raiders. And there's my old team, the Chargers. I want to beat each of those teams twice. And that is what I'm thinking. If, if I'm taking, if it's true that he took a lesser deal, then that's what's in his head. And he's absolutely thinking that way. So I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a big year this year if he stays healthy. A big year. I think so. <clears throat> I think you're right. So, um, all right. Todd Gurley released. Shocking to me. Not shocking because he's got such a huge contract, but shocking that they think they've got anything yet in Daryl Henderson. Let me tell you, folks, Craig and I did a dynasty startup last year. I learned two things. Number one, I'm bad at dynasty. <laughs> it's a different there's, ball game, man. There's a reason a why there game. are dynasty. Yep, there's a reason why there's dynasty-only podcasts, and we are not one of them. Number two, everyone wants certain prospects. I entertained a dozen trade offers for Daryl Henderson last year. Every game that came back, two carries for 10 yards, I got another offer, and they weren't good. These were guys who knew that we were not dynasty experts and were trying to take advantage, and I kept saying no. I'm going to stick with this guy. I just got a feeling, and if anything happens to Gurley, I got a feeling he's going to be good. I was wrong, but now it looks like the Rams are willing to bet on this guy. Craig, so let's start with the Rams impact mm-hmm. in this. Where does this put Daryl Henderson in your way too early rankings right now? Is he an RB1, 2, 3? Is he undraftable? I would put him in at 2. I think because I've got the Rams. A... I don't know what happened to the Rams last year. Again, I think it was a Super Bowl hangover. So I agree. I don't know what kind of Rams we're going to see this season, but I would I say he's a two. I'm going to put him at a three with a possibility to end up as a two. You got to draft him as a. He's not in the top twenty on my list. Probably. I say that now, but then if you said to me, "Well, name the twenty guys you're drafting ahead of him," I probably would have trouble. Um. In my mind, without anything in front of me, he's he's a drafted at three. He probably ends up as a two, um, which leads us to the other side of that equ- equation. Todd Gurley ends up in the Falcons. I was when they released Devonte Freeman. My response to the the podcasters thread that we keep going on our phone is, "What in the holy hell are the Falcons doing? This is a sign they're going into rebuild." Yeah, that's what it looked like. Then they go grab Gurley. They gave him a one year deal i'm gonna say this and i'm I'm gonna turn over to craig because i want his thoughts on this i advocated last year on this very podcast during the off week of the atlanta falcons that it was time for them to fire dan quinn you did and arthur blank did not listen to me i don't know if he (laughs) missed that episode if he just felt differently whatever 
they didn't fire Dan Quinn when I thought they should. So now here we are a year later. My question to you, Craig, they get rid of Freeman. They bring in Gurley. Mm-hmm. They cut one running back who gets hurt all the time for another running back who gets hurt all the time. Right. Is And they, is, then they let go of their tight end. <laughs> and they let Austin Hooper go, but then they brought somebody else in. Who did they sign? Uh, let's see. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> that wasn't on your notes? It was in my notes, but I, I, my notes were all folded over because there's so much <laughs> going on. Oh, Hayden Hurst. Yes, who was also Hayden. injured. So wait a minute. Why are they signing so many injury-prone people? <laughs> I, you know, I would say they think there's something in the water, but then explain Devontae Freeman. I don't know. Because Hayden, the year that the Ravens drafted Hayden Hurst, he was the best tight end prospect that year, and then he hurt his foot. And then he had Tyler Eifert syndrome and has been hurt off and on ever since. Right. Uh, but yeah, I personally thought the Falcons definitely needed to do a fire sale and rebuild. But apparently the Falcons are just trying to win it all, I guess. Well, that's but. the question. Is this the front office's way of saying to Dan Quinn, this is it. You have this year and only this year. A one-year deal by Gurley says to me he thinks he's going to go in there and blow the world up and sign somewhere as a free agent for more money. But nah. it also says to me, this is them putting Dan Quinn on notice. You're lucky you survived last year. It's time to win. You, is that you might be right. I think that's especially since they signed Gurley to a one-year deal. I think you're, I think you're onto something. I really because do. let's say hypothetically, let's say they only win, you know, they go, they win six games. You're not going to let us see this. You're not going to see a lot of the same people on the Falcons the following season. That's what I'm saying, and and, and that includes that starts with their coaching staff. That starts with their I mean, coaching staff. I mean, you might see Edo Smith. He still might be there, but but he's not. A st- <laughs> That's my whole point in this. You're, I think you and I are on the same page on this. They, this is it. Dan Quinn, Arthur Blank has sent you a message. You must win now. So the so this is the follow-up question. There's no question in my mind that this is the message from Arthur Blank. We are going to make moves. And, and this is, again, I have no knowledge of this, but I'm willing to bet Dan Quinn pinned a lot of their struggles at 7-9 and nine last year on injury. Well, Devontae, well, we got rid of Devontae. We brought in Gurley. What else? Well, you know, Austin Hooper's good, but he's taking away. All right, we brought you a better blocking tight end who can also catch. What else? <laughs> you know, I get the feeling that this was a lot of excuses by the coaching staff, and the front office is saying, we're going to do away with those excuses. If you're right, we win. If you're wrong, you're done. So if this is a win at all cost situation, do you like any of the Falcons this year in fantasy? Um, I think you're going to have to, at very least, rely on the receivers. Julio. Now, now, granted, I say that with a grain of salt because Julio was not the best for me fantasy-wise last year. And I had him here before that, so I'm with you. So it's kind of feast or famine with him. He's not as inconsistent as, say, <clears throat> Mike Evans. But, yeah. I- I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. You ready for this? Okay. Mike Evans finishes higher than Julio Jones in the fantasy season this year. Now, you're just saying higher, not giving them a number. Nope. Okay. 
if you print out the standard PPR, PPR, folks, <laughs> and I say that because Julio catches a ton of passes. We have seen those games before where it's eight catches for 190 yards, and we've seen eight catches for 15. We've seen them both out of Julio. Yes. So that matters. It does. PPR. Mike Evans has a better year than Julio Jones. There it is. All right. I think I know who's going to have a better year than both of them. Oh, do tease. What do you got? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders on the Saints. You know, and he is next on my list. So let's go to Emmanuel Sanders. Two years, $16 million. And here's my note. Finally, (laughs) a real number two has come back to New Orleans. (laughs) Exactly. When was the last time we had two receivers in New Orleans under Drew Brees that we were like, both these guys are fantasy relevant? When? Uh, Sometime before Michael Thomas, maybe. And I want to say this. I know that our our listenership isn't great during the offseason because some people just don't care about football until it's like August. I get that. So. There's fewer folks listening to us than would be listening to us in August. Not a lot, but a fewer. Of the folks who are listening to us, someone in their mind just went, well, Willie Sneed, shut up. (laughs) The answer to the question is not Willie Sneed. Someone else just went, well, I was just thinking about Ted Ginn Jr. Shut up. (laughs) Ted Ginn Jr. is not the answer either. (laughs) Seriously, we have not had – probably – you ready? I'm going to toss out a name. You want to know the last time we had – a, a duel like this was when Joe Horn was there. Wow. That was a long time ago. And I'm struggling to remember Joe Horn. Don't forget signed as the number two when he came over from Kansas city and eventually became the number one. And I'm drawing a complete blank on who the number one receiver was that year. But I'm just saying it has been 10 plus years since I've looked at the new Orleans receiving core and went, Oh my God, this is good. And I'm looking at it this year. This is good. Sanders and Thomas are both fantasy relevant. And that's that sounds stupid to say because Thomas should be fantasy relevant regardless, right? I mean, well, how can you possibly say the other guy on the other side of the field matters it when does. it comes to fantasy. It can impact them positively or negatively if they're good. If they're too good, they take away from catch rate. If they're not good, then you get focused on you get fewer balls tossed to you because you're covered or double covered more frequently look at the la rams robert woods cooper cup two good receivers but there are times where they can just tell they're going to double cup or they're going to double woods situationally it doesn't always work out that having two good wideouts equals better fantasy production and makes them both viable now 90 percent of the time Cup and Woods are viable in fantasy at the same time. But it doesn't happen all the time. And that's my point in this. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be fantasy relevant, and he is not going to cut into Michael Thomas's production. No, Am I wrong? Not. No, because of the way Drew Brees throws, that's not going to be an issue. Unless exactly. there's something during the game that they can exploit with one or the other, then no. Yeah, Exactly. So I love this. Two years, $16 million, a great deal for the Saints, a great deal for Manny Sanders. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and that will also take a lot of pressure off of Kamara as well. Yeah. 
Uh, also, Kenyon Drake signed his offer sheet today. I did not have a chance to look up and see what the numbers are. Uh, today is Saturday, the 21st of uh, March, by the way, uh, just in case you're listening to this off schedule. Um, that's huge. Arizona is in a fantastic position now after absolutely fleecing the Houston Texans. You know, the Houston Texans don't have a pick until the 40th pick. And they don't have any wide receivers. No, they don't. <laughs> and they have nobody to catch the ball because I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right now. One of the things about doing a podcast and being what is considered, I guess, in the football community as an amateur, we list ourselves as a professional podcast because we, we are. But in if you ask somebody, if you asked Chris Sims, yep. the football fignut said this, he'd be like, who the hell are they? Right. From his perspective, we're amateurs. Got it. Those guys need to be a little bit more subtle. I don't have to be. Bill O'Brien's an idiot. There is nothing about the way Bill O'Brien has run this team into this year or beyond or, 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 or this year in terms of the, the free agency that tells me he has any clue what he's doing. No, and he's the GM. His biggest claim to fame is that he got a lead on the Kansas City Chiefs this year. He didn't win extraordinarily at Penn State. His successor and his predecessor were both better. He hasn't done much since getting to the Houston Texans. I look at his resume and I just say to myself, he must be a wizard because he keeps convincing <laughs> people to hire him without any real winning record that I can see. True. And I don't want to hear, well, he won as a coordinator. I don't care. A lot of guys win as a coordinator and hey, don't win as a head coach. It's two different jobs, folks. Two different jobs. It's very different. And a lot of people win as a coach that don't win as a GM. Ask Mike Holmgren how that went. Ask Bill Parcells how that went. There's a lot of guys who are good on the field and can't make personnel decisions or vice versa. That is I'm, true. It's very true. So so I don't know who the bigger idiot is. Is it Bill O'Brien or is it the McNair family? Because either way, um, this, I don't think this it's Bill O'Brien because they, the, the McNairs are enabling him. That's They're part of it, too. They're pretty much just letting him do whatever. We have to be cognizant of that. It's part of it. It is absolutely part of it is that they've let him have free reign. They have allowed this to happen. And so that's a huge part of it. Houston Texans, right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. The Houston Texans uh I'm looking for their divisional stuff. The Colts are gonna be better this year. The Titans are gonna be better this year. They're both gonna pass the Texans. The Texans are a third place team in the AFC South. Third place. And let me tell you, with what I'm seeing out of the other divisions, that is not gonna be enough to get you to the playoffs. No, even with the extra team, that's going to happen wins. in two years. <laughs> eight wins. That's it. I'm telling you, Texans, eight wins. Mm -hmm. Eight wins. The Hopkins the deal just by itself. All right, so let's let's ask the question. How many games do we expect to see out of David Johnson this year? I'm going to put the over-under at six. Ooh. Now, if him, him appearing in games or? Yes, when I look at games played at the end of the year, will I see a number higher than six? No. I don't think so either. I just don't see it. No, really, the Texans are going to be Deshaun Watson, and that's it. Yeah. All right, so next topic. I saw an article on NFL.com by Bucky Brooks. Remember Bucky Brooks? That name sounds very familiar. He was a backup quarterback for a long time. <laughs> He's also a scouting uh, person and now he works for NFL Network as a commentator. 
he made a point that a lot of the signings around quarterback moves are based more on familiarity than talent and production. Example, Hmm. each of the following quarterbacks have signed a deal to either be the starter or backup at a team where the coach who's in charge of quarterbacks, the offensive coordinator, and or the head coach all coached them before. Phillip Rivers worked with Frank Reich before he went to the Colts. Nick Foles, I don't know which coach it was, but one of the coaches on the Bears worked with him in Philadelphia. Teddy Bridgewater, one of the coaches in the Panthers, worked with him before. And Case Keenum's quarterback coach uh, with the Browns used to be with, I think, Washington. I could be wrong about that, but Keenum is one of those. So he's like, you know, Rivers, Foles, Bridgewater, and Keenum all signed deals with coaches who know them well. Hmm. Craig, so here's so, all right, so, so here's the question one. Okay. Is that notable that a lot of these moves seem to be with guys they already know and are comfortable with? Uh, that is something to take notice of. And I think that really affects how the player plays and their general like happiness on the team. Their systems. They know the systems. They know the systems. I think you're right. So here's part two. Okay. Here's where Bucky Brooks put on the tinfoil hat. <laughs> is this drive towards familiarity because of the impact of the coronavirus and the inability of teams to meet with other players and go and see other players face to face that may have something to do with it i don't know see the thing is we really don't know when these conversations sort of had started happening Mm -hmm. i know technically they're not supposed to until a certain date but we all know what happens um, well, there's a legal tampering period now. There's right. that week before free agency begins where it's illegal for teams to talk to to, to players that, that they don't have contracts with. Right. So, so it's I think weird. It, I think it plays into a part of it, but I don't know. I don't know how much. I agree. I agree. All right. Next topic. Oh, wait. This Let's, just in. What, what do we got? Breaking news. Nelson Aguilar signs a one-year deal with the Raiders. Does it matter? Oh. No info Ooh. on numbers. Does that matter? They got rid of Amari Cooper last year. Does this matter? They've got Tyrell Williams, who really kind of broke out, and Hunter Renfro was their number two. They've also got Zay Jones there, but Zay Jones Zay Jones is really just a poor man's Nelson Aguilar at this point. <sighs> yes. Yes, it does matter. It does matter. He has a good chance of being their deep threat, which is what he was successful at in Philadelphia a couple years back when he was a rookie. At the very least, it gives them depth. He could easily end up being the number two because Hunter Renfro is so inconsistent. Uh, So, yeah. Is it going to make him better than uh, a running back? I'm sorry, running back. A wide receiver three or four? No. He's a late-round pick, but he's a great late-round pick. Would you put him in a flex spot? situationally yes all right situationally but i'm like if i'm sitting in the 10th or 11th round and he's there i'm thinking about him that's fair i'm thinking about him well so that's that's a possibility so one of the things that's come up is who is the favorite in the afc for the last decade or so the default answer has been for anyone who didn't want to who just wanted the easy way out was the new england patriots Right. <laughs> but Tom Brady is gone. He is. The Texans are run by an idiot. 
the Kansas City Chiefs are the defending champion, but how many defending champions that aren't called the Patriots have a good year the year after? Not a ton. So you've got an AFC East that's wide open. You've got an AFC North that is really trying to rebuild themselves, has a lot of talent, but hasn't really seen a dominant team. Yeah, well, all, could, all those teams are. You could make the argument that Baltimore was a dominant team this year. I don't think Baltimore is going to repeat that success this year. I think this was more of a fluke than a pattern. The AFC South is a monkey nightmare, <laughs> and the AFC West only cares about beating each other. Who's the? I mean, do you have to presume that the Kansas City Chiefs, who are returning the majority of their their core, are the favorites? Can you go somewhere else? And if you can't go somewhere else, and you're sitting there saying, "Well, the Chiefs have to be the opening day favorite as of right now," who would you use besides them? So I'm besides looking for a Chiefs? favorite. Yeah, I'm looking for a favorite that is not the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Uh, and the easy answer used to be New England, and it's used not to be. Any- but right now, ju- and again, it's ultra early. Just looking at rosters, yeah, I'm going to say the Bills. See, I, I think the Bills can win that division, but I think I mean, can some, they beat the Chiefs? Probably not, but might be able to. You never know. If that game's well, here's the thing: you play in a weaker division, you win 14 games, you're hosting a game. Can the Chiefs? If the Chiefs win 10 to 11 games, can they go into a 14 and two or 13 and three Buffalo? Because Buffalo gets to play Miami twice and the Jets twice. Mm-hmm. Can the Chiefs go to Buffalo in December and win a playoff game? I uh, Could they win? I Yes, but I think it's going to be a, a lot more difficult than people just assume it would be. That's exactly my point. I mean, it's going to be tighter. The Bills' defense was actually really good last year. They were. So here's my prediction. <clears throat> You're going <throat> to see a star rise in the AFC North and the AFC South. The Texans and the Ravens do not win their division again this year. That's my bold prediction right now. You're going to see a major contender rise out of that division. That is not the Texans and not the Ravens. All right. There it is. You said it. If you told me I had to pin it down to one team, it would be the Colts and the Steelers. But we'll see what happens. I I just – I can't. I just – I can't imagine – and this goes again to the – we're living in uncharted territory, folks. We've never known a Patriots team – Without Tom Brady, except not a long time. Suspended. So, you know, I was um, <clears throat> somebody I know on Facebook. He's a uh, he's a Patriot fan. He's been he's a little bit older than us, so okay. he was around for the bad Patriot years. So he posted something about the year they you know they won one game. So oh God. I tagged someone else who's a lot younger, and she's been a Patriot fan her whole life. And I was telling her just to you know. Get ready for it because it may – it's maybe not next year, but it may happen. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I would sit here and say, well, let's go down the list and see how many games. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. It's entire, It's impossible for me to sit there and predict how many games New England's going to win right now. Now, if you tell me, you know, in a week from now, Belichick is like, yeah, screw it, I'm out, then they're definitely only winning two games. I, I don't think Belichick <laughs> – I think with Brady gone, Belichick wants to stay. Right. I was just saying in a hypothetical world. All right, so let's talk about the free agents that are left and free agent spending. So, oh, crap. I had this list up, and now it's gone. All right, screw that. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about free agent spending. Five teams have already spent over $100 million in the free agency period. Okay. You tell me which of these five teams is – if you had to pick one of these five teams to make a serious run into the playoffs, have a good year and a serious run, 
Which one would you choose? Okay. The Dolphins, the Lions, the Browns, the Saints, and the Bengals. Wow. And I'm going to turn this over to you. I want you to tell me just fully out what you think about this. Now, you want to know which one is going to be the playoffs? Who has the best going forward? Um, Let's see. Consistency-wise, I mean, I'm just going to go back with the Saints. Uh, there's so much talent on that team. They're really well coached. And, you know, they consistently get to the playoffs. Now that they have Emmanuel Sanders, I think that's going to be a huge upgrade for their offense, like I mentioned before. Uh, it's going to take a lot of pressure off Drew Brees, a lot of pressure off Kamara in the running game. So I think you're definitely going to see the Saints there. Now, yeah, am I happy for the first time in I don't know how long, maybe ever, twenty years, that the Bengals actually spent money in free agency yeah. and signed legit players. Um, they gave you know their new defensive lineman fifty two million dollars. They actually Which upgraded is what they spent. By the way, they yes. spent one hundred four mil. Yeah, that's insane for them. So I think Zach Taylor's having a kind of a good connection uh, with Mike Brown. Hopefully, maybe we'll see. Uh, they also signed a pair of uh, cornerbacks who both played on the Vikings last season. So the fact that they used to play together is huge. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think it's going to be the Saints again. All right, so if you had to pick one that wasn't the Saints, because they're the only playoff team on this list, you had to pick right. the Dolphins, Lions, Browns, or Bengals. Who moves? Who has the best improvement this year? Because I agree with you. The Saints are the one that has the best chance of making a playoff run. But let's talk about most improved. Dolphins, Lions, Browns, and Bengals. Most improved in free agency? Yes. Um, with the amount of players they added, I would say the Dolphins followed by the Bengals. Ten. The Dolphins have signed 10 free agents. The Dolphins are now showing that they care again and they may want to win games. Absolutely. Absolutely true. So, all right, Craig, we are running down on time. Any topics on your list? The only topic we have left on our list, and I'll be fully open about this, was I wanted to talk about who is still left in the free agent market, but I kind of want to wait another week. And I accidentally closed the nice chart I had (laughs) on my computer because I needed to restart before we record. Um, so I lost it. So I will make sure I write it down next time instead of just relying on having it on the screen. <laughs> so um, final thoughts. What? Where are you right now with everything? First off, how's your family holding up? Is everybody okay on that end? Uh, yeah, everyone's good. Everyone feels a little bit weird going out now. It does. Um, especially now that everything's closed. Like the curbside pickup for pizza last night was weird. Only because, like, you know, Brewport is generally extremely busy on a Friday night. How many cars were in the lot? Counting mine? Yes. Four. And, and let me tell you, on a Friday night, that place has 60 to 70 cars easy. There's t- they have two parking lots. <laughs> yep. Easy 60 to 70 cars is a quiet Friday night for them. It's, so a little, it's a little weird. You know, people are still weirded out by ordering food and getting takeout and grocery shopping. So, uh, yeah, I would say just remember to wash your hands. Yeah. Keep yourself safe, folks. That's that's a big thing. Uh, Final thoughts on my end. ESPN has brought back the Ocho. If you remember, if you're old like me, (laughs) you may remember a series of commercials where when I think it was when ESPN two came out, 
somebody made the joke of, well, ESPN is going to have 25 networks. And uh, I think it was Kenny Main who started talking about, well, the, when they get to ESPN 8, we'll call it the Ocho. <laughs> so last year, I think it's been the last two or three years, they've done one day where it was ex- like such out of the norm mainstream sports. They've done the Ocho TV schedule. And they're, normally they do it in um, August. But they're doing it this week on March 22nd, uh, which is right at the day that this will release. I-, I want to encourage ESPN to keep doing this. We're talking about pre-recorded sporting events like the ACL Cornhole Championships, <laughs> the World Axe Throwing League Championships, <laughs> um, the USO, the US Open Ultimate Championships. I'm not quite sure what ultimate is. It has something to do with a ball and a trampoline. I don't know. Spike ball. Highland games. Ooh, those are fun. You, did you ever go with me to the Highland games when they had in Norwalk? Yeah. We used to, we used to compete in yep. the uh, the heavyweight division for tug of war every year. We won several years. I, I'm not sure if you run any of those teams. But, um, but he, listen, they're doing some sort of electrician's championship. The ideal electrician national championship happens on the Ocho. Listen to me, ESPN. You have nothing else to watch. Show. There's nothing else. Give us more of this weird stuff that we don't get to see. They're going to be broadcasting the 51st national stone skipping competition tomorrow. <laughs> Why not? There's you know, no- you might as well. What else? That's- I actually saw a- I didn't read it. I saw a headline that ESPN was showing marble championships. Yes. <laughs> Craig, the, the 2018 World Tetris Championship is going to be broadcast tomorrow. Nice. I, there's nothing. That, listen, we don't get to see this stuff all the time, and there's a reason for it. There's not as big a demand. <laughs> Definitely not. No preseason baseball to show. The NBA isn't playing. The NHL isn't playing. No, they're just running um, sim games to watch. Yes. Also, the NBA, the the NBA, and the NFL gave people to their streaming networks. So, in case you were interested at all, you can watch old games. Yes. So, listen, ESPN. I want to see the national cherry sp- cherry pit spitting contest <laughs> because it's better than nothing. This is true. Better than nothing. Okay, and you have right now. You have nothing. It's not even worth putting Sports Center on. What are you covering? Uh, not much. Not aside, much. Aside from the stuff we're talking about, they have nothing to cover. So ESPN, listen to me, and I know for a fact through contacts I can't disclose that one of our listeners <laughs> works for ESPN. <laughs> I know this for a fact. He has no control over programming, but. Get in, the guy, get in the ears of the guy who does. Why not? Let's do more of these obscure sports that we don't get to see. I mean, Craig and I are old enough to remember when ESPN2 first started, like Saturday nights at midnight, they would show Magic the Gathering games. Remember that? Yeah. When they would show actual live yeah. Magic games, like people playing the card game Magic. I mean, you might as well do it, watch it now. Yes. Put a game, put around the ma- Seriously, there's nothing else to watch. But we will continue to give you all the NFL news that we can. If we continue to be isolated and the NFL quiets down, we'll find something to talk about, folks. No, we will. 
probably making fun of Sean on the process because he doesn't listen to this. But, you know, we will. Yeah, our contributor, Sean. We have so many Sean stories. We're so talking many. to our dear friend, Deb. So, hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. We're talking to our dear friend, Deb, the other day. And she was like, you know, I would listen to a podcast where the two of you just sat around and told your stupid stories. And we realized that half the stories involve Sean looking bad. So, I was yes. like... You know, and it was Deb's husband who was like, you realize all the stories you're bringing up are about Sean, right? They're not really Brit and Craig stories. They're Sean stories told by Brit and Craig. So (laughs) a spinoff podcast may be in the works. (laughs) Who knows? But I mean, if the news calms down, we've been extremely fortunate that while the news has gotten hot, we have had more time to devote to it. Um, I wish as much as I don't want anybody to have to deal with everything the world is dealing with right now. I wish it had happened in July we could do so much prep work for the season, knowing where everyone was going to be, knowing what the lineups were going to look like. Right now, it's a lot of guesswork. And in case you're tuning in late, we're not the right people to talk to about Dynasty. Dynasty is the ones that are really spiking in activity right now. We're much more season-long oriented. So, But I, I mirror Craig's thoughts to stay safe. For the love of all that is holy, don't be a dumbass. Stay inside your house unless you have to go out. Yeah. If you eat food... Go to the grocery store. If you're sitting at home and go, I'd like to go to the bar and have a drink, don't do it. You can't now. Well, at least around here. In Connecticut, you can't. Not every state. Actually, in the tri-state area, you can't. Right. And Pennsylvania. I mean, I was watching videos of people in Texas and Florida partying during spring break, and I'm like, you are all very stupid people. Yes. And every one of them were saying the same thing. Well, if I get coronavirus, whatever, I'm going to party till I do. It's not about you, dumbass. It's about your elderly grandma you're going to visit before you go back to state you <laughs> that has a compromised immune system and is going to keel over because you didn't have the common sense to not go to San Padre Island or whatever the hell that island is not yeah, Texas. Yeah, close enough. It's fine. Or, didn't have the, or, or went to, to, to Miami. Wherever you went, you didn't have the common sense to sit there and go, this isn't a bad idea. Yes. Younger people do better with coronavirus than older people. But you know what the younger people are doing? Spreading it. Yeah. So stay home. Stop it. You think, about, you think about all the stuff we can do at home now yes. compared to like 30 years ago. Yes. You really I, don't have to go out. I, the, the, during, the, during broadcasting, the Frank Gore Memorial Extension Studio is the Frank Gore Memorial Extension Studio. Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, it's my desk <laughs> because I have been ordered to stay at home by my agency. I am working from home. The technology I have, the only thing I don't have here is a printer because I do everything digitally anymore. I don't print out tickets to things anymore. They're on my phone. So I don't have – everything I need is here. And my agency said, well, come in Monday morning. We'll hand you a printer and you can get the hell out of here. I will not need to leave my house. Technically no. speaking, except for food. Yeah, that's so about it. So be smart, folks. Don't be a dumbass and spread this thing. Well, you're you're not a doctor, and you don't really know, and you're just blowing this out of proportion because it's the media. Great. I'd rather be safe and out of proportion for a couple of weeks than dead because you're a dumbass. Stop yeah, that's it a good summary. Think. <laughs> Stop it and think about who you're affecting. Don't worry about yourself. Worry about everyone around you because if we all stopped and didn't worry about how we were going to get infected but worried are we infecting everybody else, we wouldn't have to worry at all because our thoughts would be on the fellow man around us. We wouldn't have to worry about spreading anything. So stay at home. 
do your work in school from home and listen to our freaking podcast. Exactly. Damn it. And while you're listening to our freaking podcast, leave us a freaking review. Be constructive, at least. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had one of those. These guys stink reviews in a while. No, I'm not encouraging it. But I mean, we do. We had we had one last year. Somebody gave us four stars and was like, I just wish they would do this, this and this differently. And we were like, "Okay, we can do this, this and this differently. Thank you for that feedback. It was very helpful. And then the next one's a one star review goes, these guys know less about football than anything. All right. Well, great. That's. Oh, that's sort of. Yeah. Less about football than they know about beer or some crap like that. I don't know. Yeah. Number one, that's not true. Number two, I know more about football than you do. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. Uh, you know, I, my bank account shows that I know more about football than the guy who left that comment. You know, just based off of just based off the fact you couldn't put together a coherent sentence tells me a lot. But I mean, again, uh, I digress. We do appreciate all the feedback. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Reach out to us. Um, I'm I'm moving away from Twitter because it's just toxic. Email us, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. I will keep the Twitter account open and going because I have to to promote the podcast, but I would much rather get an email from you where you tell me I stink and then ask me a question than see a tweet from you telling me you stink. Here's my question. Um, <laughs> please feel free That's to fair. reach out to us. We're on Facebook, Fig, uh, the Football Fignuts podcast. is on Facebook. Um, we are going to try and stay on top of all of the movement as much as we can. So we may be releasing extra episodes. We right now are not going to engage because of the unique times we're living in. I am not going to guarantee episodes on a set schedule. Normally I can guarantee you an episode every Friday during the season, during the off season, we're going to play it by ear because when a ton of news comes out and Craig and I are both available, it may be as simple as a phone call. Can we record? Um, and that would just to bring you guys the most up to date information. So, um, until then, be safe, be aware of the people around you, and don't be a dumbass. And with that, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast.